You are listening to When Therapists Watch TV, where we discuss today's buzzworthy TV shows and what they can teach us about ourselves, our relationships, and the world around us. I'm your host, Dr. Terry Bly, licensed clinical psychologist at LA Mental Health. The first half of season one of Shrinking it really centers around all the mistakes Jimmy's making as a therapist, or the, the mistakes, unique choices, going rogue, whatever you want to call it. But as we see the second half of the season, we, it starts to become clear that really what this show is about is grief. It's about Jimmy grieving the loss of his wife. It's about his daughter grieving the loss of her mom. It's about Paul um, grieving his future with this diagnosis of Parkinson's. And it's about his daughter grieving their whole history together and now knowing that her dad is dying. There are so many, and that's just a few examples. So, you know, it's easy to spend time talking about, and we have talked about some of the choices that, that Jimmy's making as a therapist. Um, so you can watch the last episode we did on shrinking to learn, to hear more about that. You can also watch a podcast that we do called the Therapist Thrival Guide, um, where we actually have two podcasts that talk about the ethics and the, the decisions that the therapists are making on the show. But today what I want to talk about is grief. Grief and, and death and coming to terms with that and how it can look so different for different people and, um, and how it shows up in the show. And to do that, I've brought with me um, Aaron Apoku, and Aaron, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and say a little bit about why I asked you specifically to come on this podcast. Wonderful. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Aaron Apoku. Um, I am a LMFT, licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, I have been practicing in the mental health field for about 15, 16 years. Um, currently, I am in a leadership role along with still working clinically um, as an LMFT. Um, and I specialize in working with people in processing their grief, whether it is traumatic or just life transitions. Um, and so I was, I think I had so many people reach out to me when this uh, Apple TV announced coming out with this TV show um, because they knew it was like right up my mm -hmm. alley. And so I was really excited to join Terry in these episodes to be able to like, let's talk about grief. Let's talk about yeah. all the different types um, and how it's represented represented in the show. Um, so I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited it. to talk about this. And, and you know, we don't have to go into it unless um, it's your comfort level. But you and I also share some experiences with grief. Very much so. Um, personal experiences, not just professional. And so I think f I, I'm going to speak for both of us, if I may, and say that this show, you know, um, touches on both professional and personal aspects of grief. Yes, for us, definitely. And, um, yeah, I am more than happy to share. Um, that's part of I think even just my reason for entering into being a therapist um, is that I lost my mom um, when she, I was 21. Uh, she was 20 or 42, excuse me. So um, it's been a few years. I'm not going to out myself in age, but <laughs> um, that was really my prompt to get into being a therapist in the first place um, and recognizing that um, grief is a thing. It's a process and how our culture has really um, encouraged us to follow phases mm -hmm. um, and stages um, and how we can really help everyone, our communities, our culture in recognizing that there's more to it than these stages that are um, reinforced, unfortunately. Right, the, um, the five stages of grief that yeah. kind of implied that it's some sort of easy, smooth, predictable process, process yeah. that you then helps you move past yeah, the loss. And it ends. There it ends. appears yes, exactly. to be an end. Right. And so when you experience it in real life, you, you start to recognize that, oh, that's not, that's not how grief works. No. And I know, I mean, I have lots of clients in my office who, who legit did not understand. Like, they thought it was a process, and then you get to the acceptance, and then you're like, good. Good and to go. so they think there's something wrong with them, 
that, 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 that they're not getting to that point where it's just good forever. Yeah. That they're still experiencing those moments where it's not, it's not good. Yeah. And what's wrong with me? So with Jimmy, the show begins one year after his wife has died. She died suddenly in a car accident. What's your understanding about why he is still such a mess yeah. one year after his wife is, has passed away? Do you think that's, I mean, does that strike you as like, ooh, one year in, man, you should be in a different place? Does it strike mm. you as normal? Does it, like, what, are your, what was your initial impression when you saw where he was at at this point? Clinically, coming at it from a therapist's perspective, right? Like, I actually thought he was, like, in, like, a natural process right like i in honoring what his process is um how i approach grief how i uh talk to my clients about their process is really attachment based um and what i mean by that right is when you lose an individual to death and or for any other reason um the the attachment and the strength of the attachment that you have um, with that thing or person that is no longer in your life impacts your grief process. And taking the time to really process through all of the feelings that are coming and how those engage and maybe be bubbling back up into other parts of your life or could be quote unquote triggered um, when other transitions are happening in life um that's how i'm talking to my clients about it that's how i practice right is all about what attachment is no longer there um oh, and sure. how deep does that resonate within your life right. um and so when i see jimmy right like we don't get a ton of history um regarding their relationship how long they're married but we assume that it was a good probably 15 20 yeah. year marriage yeah. um and or relationship at least because his daughter is mm -hmm. in their teens mm -hmm. right and so that's a significant loss yeah. um they have built their life together and so and are raising a child together mm -hmm. um along with their other individual things they're doing in life right and so <clears throat> seeing jimmy um a year into losing a really significant attachment it he's hitting like kind of the bottom mm. but recognizing that oh wait through the the first half of the season i would say he's starting to recognize and come through the fog and i think we talked a little bit about that in the other <clears throat> podcast but like there's like this fog that happens for individuals because the the emotional mm. impact that the death has on the people still living it creates like you're in this like yeah weird yeah life yeah. right like yep. it really shakes people yeah and so coming out of the fog coming out of like almost like that delusion of holy crap like yeah. this person is dead and they're they're yeah. not coming back like, I think that's where we enter into their, his story. Right. So something that I did not share yet is that, so I lost my first husband. Um, we were going through a, a divorce, but then he died um, right at the end of that process. And then I lost my dad to a degenerative disease um, not quite two years ago. So within, you know, five, six years time, I had a couple of pretty significant losses. And I, when you mentioned the fog thing, I remember going to the a vivid memory of going to the grocery store for the first time after my husband died. His name is Paul. And I remember looking around at all the people just like having this like normal life, like just going about their day. And I remember thinking, what is like, how can everyone just be normal? Like I'm in this fog and I'm in this weird, like nothing's right anymore, like nothing's normal anymore. Nothing is like, everything just felt so surreal and yeah. so off that to see all these people around me just being normal was one of the most jarring experiences I've ever had. Cause the disconnect between where I was at and how I was feeling about being there 
and how everyone else was apparently feeling about being there yeah. was, I mean, so when you say fog, I mean, that's kind of how I felt. Like, it felt like I was looking at the world through this weird, surreal, um, almost like when they portray people as like having died and they're like watching the world through this weird lens. <laughs> yeah. It kind of felt like that. Like I was removed from the world yes. and watching it from this like different plane of existence yeah. and just trying to figure out how am I ever going to like integrate myself back into, back into this? Like how do I ever feel like things are normal like all these people seem to be? Yeah. Like, and then I, I wonder if that's kind of what Jimmy then was going through. It's just like, I, I don't know how to so. be normal again. So I'm just going to mm -hmm. do all this weird stuff. Well, and I think there's a level of hesitancy to even feel for him. Right. Because if he feels, he knows that because he is a therapist, yeah. right? Like right. if he allows himself to feel, he knows how intense that feeling yeah. is going to be for him. Um, Isn't and, that the, kind of the funny part about being a therapist? Yes. <laughs> it's just like the human you. And there's a therapist you that knows stuff and you think it would help, but it actually can really not help sometimes. It just gets in the way because you're like, oh, I know what, I know what this is going to be, yeah. where this is going. Well, and I think personally and professionally, right? Like I think it's about recognizing how, like, and this is also an aspect of, of the show, how when it gets to be too close and hits too far to, into home mm -hmm. and you're working with a client that may be experiencing something super yeah. similar, how to yeah. make sure you have those healthy boundaries mm -hmm. in place to know that, oh, wait, this is my own stuff. This, mm -hmm. is, this is actually not what my client is bringing right. in with me right now, right? Yeah. And so like knowing like when you are working in grief, like we all have our own grief process and reaction and situations that we've, we may or may not have gone through, right? But to know that we kind of have to hold ourselves accountable to make sure that we're in an okay spot. Yeah. To really be open and present and yeah. walk with our clients in that journey. Which he obviously wasn't there at that at the beginning oh of the show. Gosh, and no. I even said, even at the end of the show, I don't think he I don't think had really there. reconciled the therapist part of him and the no. part of him that was, that's still going through all this stuff. But, yeah. you know, so I, I don't think he ever gets to a good place as a therapist. I'll just put that out there. But as a human, we start to see him finally do the work of the grieving. Yeah. What do you think gets the ball rolling for him when it comes to getting his I think together? his love and, like, recognizing that he still needs to be a functioning human. Mm -hmm especially for his daughter, right? Like that's the, the love that I can see him having for her. And I think that's where it's a combination of him being a therapist and another mm -hmm. human, right? Kind of intersect is when he starts to see that his daughter is actually really struggling, mm -hmm. he goes, oh, wait a second. Like, let me start moving forward here. Mm -hmm. Like the things that I am doing to avoid feeling the pain are actually, this is not healthy. Right. And this it's, is it's, impacting. it's hurting my daughter. It's hurting yeah. my, yep, exactly. And so I think I empathizing compassionately, like to a deep level, really resonate with him going through that process to kind of go, part of his grieving process is so intertwined with just being a dad because she's actually very triggering yeah yeah of some of the memories that are that like bring up and bubble up pain for him mm -hmm. um and you know knowing as a therapist i put my hat on going that relationship is like it, it's great to actually help him process through that, allows him to really feel the pain of losing his wife because he is kind of triggered when he even just even looks at his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. That, so I want to ask you about something. So this isn't, this isn't about shrinking, but this is related. When it comes to the kids, um, I've noticed, not just in my own life, but in my, I have a number of clients talk about this, um, that when I, when a, father or parent 
same with fathers and mothers, I guess, when a parent dies suddenly and tragically, I've been surprised to hear so many stories about how that parent's family, rather like in my head, I just, I think I'd always made the assumption that they would get closer to the kids of that person to like, feel like fill that void that the parent left behind. And instead I've heard so many stories about the parents, about the, the extended family, the parent's family, actually distancing themselves. Yeah. And is that something that you've heard about? I, I'd never heard about this before and it's so heartbreaking. Yeah. To hear these stories of families that just, and I'm wondering, like, as you're, as you're talking yeah. about, like, that like, the child represents that person that's lost and it's triggering and it's so painful. I mean, yeah. What's your understanding of oh, why I, families I, do that? I see that a lot, actually, in my practice, right? Like, and down to even just the individual, and it doesn't have to be a, a parental loss, really. When you experience such a, large attachment loss, it changes you mm. as a human because that relationship also helped create you mm -hmm. into who you are currently. And so there's one, there's that dynamic of if I keep going down this line, it's going to continue to be triggering about that loss. But then there's also that piece where it... <sighs> that's also the beauty of it, right? Like that's the work that I do with my clients is helping them see that that's a, actually a representation of the love that you had for that loss. So say for instance, I'll, I'll use my personal stuff, right? Like because my, the loss and death of my mother, my father was like, whoo, how am I gonna reshape my attachment with my daughter because she is so triggering of mm. all the qualities that I miss mm. in mm. my now dead wife? So it really sh can strengthen relationships, but people tend not to want to do that hard work. Mm. And so that's where that heartbreak comes mm. in um, and helping clients through that to recognize that you may lose a significant amount of people in your life because you change as a person and recognize how the attachments are also going to change around you. So when, when it comes to like the families, extended families of, of the person who dies, what, for the, for the kids in particular, like what do you, what do you see, like what are ways for those family members to, I don't, I don't want to process to it to, to in layman's terms get over it enough so that they can be there for the kids you know oh I mean? you know how like, triggering that statement I know, is for I know me. we don't get over I know we don't get over death but to maybe to 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 not let their grief and not let the pain um, stop them from finding a new path yeah towards that relationship it's going to be changed but and that change is painful and that change involves, like we see with Jimmy, it really involves having to come face to face with that wall of fire that is like, this hurts, this, this loss is awful. Yeah. And you have to walk through that in order then to move on and be functional and have these mm -hmm. you know, relationships still. But how do you suggest people, like what are your thoughts on how people can do that? Yeah. That's a big Everyone question. Everyone needs therapy. But, no. yeah. <laughs> And that's, I love doing that family work, right? Like in a lot of people, like when they are living it, they actually, like I think real life circumstances, they go, oh, like I always went to my mom for this or I always went for my dad for this. And that role change that happens in family dynamics mm -hmm. and extended wise, mm -hmm. right? Uh, this is something that I used to go to my mom for or grandma for or things like that. So there's there's conflict that starts to brew um frustration and anger and they take it out on each other oh sure so one family therapy always have to put that plug in and i think the other piece is like honoring the individual that has died right how can we continue a legacy right of 
let's talk about this person. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about how amazing they were and all the things they used to do and why that attachment was so strong. Yeah. Um, because individuals can get that need met in other ways. Get they, which need met? Lots of needs. Mm -hmm. Any need. The that, thing that, that they went to that parent to or that person to. Yes. Whatever that person was for them in terms of the needs they met and the role they played. Yeah. Figuring out how do I honor that and also now find new ways to get those needs met. Yeah. Honor that this person was that to me and that will never not have been true. Mm -hmm. And now I also need to see how, it, and there's going to be some anger there, right? Now they're not there. Yeah. And so how do I establish these new connections, connections. attachments to get my needs met, right? Because it, it can, and that's part of why I, I personally struggle when I hear people talk about stages because there's, I mean, there are some truths Mm. and feelings intertwined into those stages. So I don't want to totally dismiss them, right? Like they're there for a reason. We grasped onto them as a culture mm -hmm. for a reason because it, there's parts of it that do resonate with us. Um, you know, being that there's an anger stage. Yep, are we going to be angry? Do we have a right to be angry? Heck yes, you do. Mm. You get to be frustrated that this person died. You get to be frustrated at the circumstances of, like, of that surrounded the death, um, the diagnosis, the, you know, all of those things. You get to feel those emotions, um, and that grief therapy really involves or surrounds. How can I still express those emotions? And rewire myself to get my needs met in other ways. And that's right. complex. Yeah. Because you have to kind of disassemble what that relationship was and figure out what you can validate and honor for yourself to get those needs met. And then who else in my circle can I utilize to get those needs met now? Mm. So Sean, Sean was one of the, is the client that comes to live with him. Yes. Yeah. So Sean and Jimmy, one of their first conversations, Sean talks to like, I mean, he's his own grief process. He went to combat, like he was in yes. combat and saw people die and, you know, is, is trying to recover from that. And he talks about the before and after. And Jimmy says, yeah, I get it. Like he's talking about like, there's my life before this stuff happened. And now there's the after and and kind of some anger that, that the, the before can't happen anymore. That before you had this huge loss, this change like you talk about. Yeah. Like there's this change in my life. And man, I remember how I felt before. And I like that better than how I feel now. I yep. like how I thought about my life better before this horrible loss mm -hmm. than it is now. And, and, and being angry and fighting in some way than the now, the fighting that this is different, fighting that this is, I want that back, I want that, which I suspect is what Jimmy's like flailing around trying to do with the drugs and the- All the things. The girls and whatever is, <laughs> is trying to feel the, the before again. Yeah. Is, is that something that you, like how do you, how do you think people work through that? Because I, I do get it, there is that before, a horrible loss and an after, and you are changed and you, there is that, like wishing you could be that before again. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on, on that piece that they talked about? Yeah, that, so when I'm working with clients and it doesn't just occur when there is a traumatic loss, right? Like I think it, it is a, again, coming from that attachment viewpoint and how I practice, it really, you know, I work with clients when there is a significant attachment loss in general, and that can be anything or anyone, right? But I think being able to help people like honor being angry mm. and also coming to a level of acceptance. Yes, I know that's another. How do you honor being <sighs> angry? That's a really good question. I think it looks different for everyone, right? Like having your feelings validated, 
right? Like, so to know I, it's, it's okay. okay. I'm angry and I'm not going to fight being angry. I'm just going to let myself yes. be angry. Yes. And expressing that in healthy ways, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And with Sean, it's Here. a little bit of right. that anger expression mm -hmm. was not being expressed well. Right. It was being taken out on others mm -hmm. and he was easily triggered into anger. But being able to uh, contain that anger and have intent placed behind when I'm going to express right. that anger. I <clears> think <throat> that's where, as a therapist, I see um, him moving, moving towards that, right? When he brings him to the uh, boxing ring, right? Mm -hmm. He was helping him try to contain and place intent around the expression of anger. Yeah. Um, that wasn't out there, unfortunately, <laughs> like, but from a therapist's perspective, I could yeah. see what, what he was doing. Right. Right. Um, and so it's really working with the client to help them one, even identify that the emotion, mm -hmm. many humans don't recognize their emotion right. or don't know where they're feeling it. Um, and so, or why they're feeling it. And they don't understand what's it. going on. Why am I so angry all the time? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's helping, that's kind of that first step of when you're engaging into therapy of really, what am I feeling? What am I relating it to? Helping someone pro help you process through all of those mm -hmm. dynamics. Um, that's what therapy is to me, right? right? Um, and so I don't think there's one answer. There's not a one go-to thing. You know, I say that to clients all the time. I'm like, I could give you a total list full of coping skills to healthily express all of the emotions that you're holding in right now or shoving down or whatever, but it has to be authentic for you and there needs to be, it needs to resonate and there needs to be intent behind it. Why do you think it's so important to, <clears throat> well, maybe you didn't say this, but if it seems like it's important to, to, to go through that anger phase of grief. And if there's an anger phase, Terry. If an, okay. So, <laughs> so what you're telling me is, that it was, so I'm sensing that you're suggesting maybe not everybody has to be angry. Yeah. Which is important to know, right? Like if you're if you're a friend or or whatever, you know somebody who's going through a grieving process, and you're not seeing them feel angry, it doesn't mean they're not doing it right. Is what you're right. saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, I I think about some of my other clients that I've worked with and. You know, I've had clients come in to say, I don't think I'm grieving right. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, well, because we've got what we've in got. In whose regard? Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Is that those yeah. five stages that <laughs> we're all supposed to go through? Yes. Okay. Those are yeah. the identified stages. So, but you're saying that like none of these are requirements. No. And you get to feel all of those things at once or never feel them. Mm. Hmm. Um, and that's where, again, how I practice of let's identify what you're feeling. Yeah. Is it tied to grief? Is it tied to yes, no, maybe, right? But let's kind of pull that apart and kind of go, okay, wait, is, is this tied in or am, am I doing the thing? And I don't even mm -hmm. realize it. Yeah. Right. Um, and and that is a possibility, right? Because it really, again, it really, my belief is that it really has to coincide with the the attachment that you had with the loss. Something else that I think is important for people to understand about grief, and I didn't <clears throat> learn about this more until I was going through my own grieving process, is you know we think of grief as like. It spikes right after the person dies, and then over time, it kind of does this gradual, you know, reduction in pain or intensity. But sure. really, it's more like it's like this. It's this. It, yeah. it feels more like well, at least the way I experience is it felt more like, you know, it hurts long time, and then it starts to hurt less. But then you get reminded of that person, or something comes up, and then it's just like yeah. a wave hits you, and like brings you to your knees and then you're in, yeah. in a ton of pain and really what happens over time is those moments just don't last as long or maybe they don't happen as often yep 
But the pain doesn't, I mean, there can still be some moments of really intense pain even years mm -hmm. after. Yeah. Some, and I, I don't think we, I don't think we are very transparent about that. I don't think we talk about that enough. So I think people are really surprised. Yeah. When they're a year or two or five or more ten. years, ten years in, <laughs> and they can still be just brought to their knees yeah. by the pain of that loss. Yeah. And I, I, there's some really great resources out there, right? Um, one that I'm thinking of specifically, and I, I can't give credit to who, who created it because there's multiple sources out there um, and versions of it. So I don't know where it originated. However, it is a video and a picture of a box and mm -hmm. there is a ball and it looks like a ball of yarn, mm -hmm. right? Um, and the, the strings on the ball make it, like that represents the complexity of grief, right? And so they really talk about how when a loss happens, the, the ball is consumed and within this box, mm -hmm. right? So the, bo the ball is almost as big as the as box? As big as the yeah. box, right? And as we move forward in life, life happens, years happen, things like that, right? The, the ball never changes. Mm. The size of the ball never changes. Mm. It's actually the box that changes. Really? Interesting. As the human that we are continues to grow because we do naturally in age, in experiences, in life, as we continue to move through, our life experiences continue to shape and grow us as beings. And so what happens is that the ball, right, right, when it consumes this little box, it's constantly touching the edges and that is painful mm -hmm. and it right. hurts. When the box is bigger, the ball doesn't touch the edges as much it's as it's sure. floating around, mm -hmm. right? But when it does, it feels... It's still, still as painful. Yeah. Right. That, yeah, that fits. And so I love that example because I think that's really representative of the ball is still as big as mm -hmm. the ball ever was, right? Um, and when you go through life, there's going to be times where it's going to bring you to your knees. Mm -hmm. Um, so bringing it back to Jimmy and what he's going through, it, his box and the ball inside of his box mm -hmm. is huge. Yeah. Um, and as the season goes daughters. on. It's huge. Yes. Huge, huge for his daughter too. Yep. Yep. And she's, they show a little bit more of her like going to, to therapy, even though it's with Paul it's seen and the park yeah it's yeah, yeah. um kind of off script therapy yeah. maybe yeah right um but it really is you know Paul giving her suggestions of how to like identify that emotion express that emotion honor that emotion honor that emotion <laughs> yeah right um and even just allowing for that once a week time that they're kind of mm -hmm. meeting right to even talk about yeah. the loved one because that is really that start of that process if we can talk about it if we can talk about the person that we lost that is then going to transition into us talking about them and continuing to talk about them and it'll shift into the love that yeah. we had about them right because talking about them helps us integrate them into our story, into who we are, mm -hmm. rather than keeping it. I, you know, I've got a, a number of clients who lost a parent and the other parent like wouldn't, like there was the kind of almost an unspoken rule mm -hmm. if we don't talk about that person yeah. anymore. And you can see the damage that that does when, when now it's just silent. We don't talk about them. Yeah. We don't like, we just move on. We yeah. just have to move on. They're gone. And so we just need to get over it and move on. I think a perfect and, example of this in the show is actually when Gabby goes to the art studio hmm. and where that was her trying to move on from the grief she was experiencing from, from her divorce. the divorce. Yeah. And that was her kind of like 
I'm going to try this. I'm going to like engage into this and recognize that this marriage played a part in my life. Right. And oh, man, yeah. I was, I can honor the place that I played yeah. in his life and we're not there anymore. You bring up a good point that with divorce, there's a grieving process that we don't, we really right. struggled to know how to talk about. Yeah. And I think and there's, I mean, we could, I could talk for hours on all the different yeah. types of grief, but I think that's one of the reasons that I love this show is that it allows for you to see different grief perspectives, mm -hmm. right? Types, however you want to, like in our therapy world, right. we, we can like identify those, label them, right? Um, and, but Paul is going through grief, yeah. not even so much around the rebuilding the relationship with his daughter, but he has to process through the grief and the potential loss that is upcoming because of his diagnoses. Yeah. Um, the, you know, obviously his neighbors, Liz and mm -hmm. you had the name earlier and I Frank? Frank. Maybe? They only say his name a couple <laughs> I, times because they're not called out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they are also going through a level of grief and loss because of the connection they had with their neighbor. And their son. And, there's yes. just empty nesters now yes. and there's grief there and yeah and even with her husband retiring yeah. there's a level of grief that your career is a huge part of your yeah. life and to not be practicing anymore whether mm -hmm. whatever career you have chosen people go through a grieving process right. around that and we we don't talk about it enough i don't think in our mm -hmm. culture and our society um and I am definitely a proponent of let's talk about it. Yeah. Because then we can we can place a level of love and meaning mm -hmm. to what we no longer have present in our life. Well, and we can't weave that stuff into our sense of who we are without talking about it. Yeah. You just you and that's how you move forward, right? That's you don't move mm -hmm. you don't move on, you just move forward. Yep. with that stuff that happened, with those losses, with those things that you're, you won't get to have anymore, be it a career or a marriage or that yeah. person in your life. Yeah. To move forward in a healthy way means weaving that in as part of your story and not trying to pretend that it wasn't. Yeah. Like with divorce, people try to pretend that they weren't married to that person. Right. They don't want to talk about them. They don't want to look at them. They don't want to have any, like, and that's, that's healthy for a period of time while you're kind of healing. But at some point, I think Gabby was onto something like, how do I honor yeah. that this person was a big part of my life for some period of time? Mm -hmm. And they shaped me Yeah. in some way. They shaped me. And if I pretend they didn't exist, then I'm never going to really benefit from the lessons I got from that relationship. Yeah. Even from it ending by divorce, by death. You know, we really need to cross that. That go over that hurdle of like going through that pain of the loss of that relationship, but also then getting to that point of like, how did this person impact me? Yeah. And how did they shape me? And how can I, again, we're using that word, how do I honor that as I move yeah. forward? Yeah. Which then brings me to the last question about the grief stuff is, you know, Jimmy's daughter, Alice, gets upset with him because he took off his wedding ring. Mm -hmm. and he seems to be in a different place than she is, and she gets really mad at him, which I imagine happens a lot mm -hmm. in these kinds of situations. Yeah. Where one person is like, I, I miss them, and, but I think I'm ready to start. I'm, not, I, I, I'm ready to not be frozen in place with this loss, and the, someone else in that family system or whatever is not there, and they're, and they're, they're mad. Right? Yeah. It looks like you're forgetting, you know, that, that Alice... You know, are you just going to like leave mom behind? Are you just going to forget her? Are yeah. you just going to? So, you know, what, what, what suggestions or, or how do you talk to people where that's happening, where they're just different places? Yeah. Well, and I think it's, it, again, coming from how I practice, it's all about the attachment, right? And so help, when I'm doing the family work, I really, you know, encourage people to look at things from the other person's mm -hmm. perspective within their family dynamic. Right. And I think Jimmy actually does a really beautiful job of like conflict resolution, if you want to throw words out there. Right. But like 
really meeting his daughter where she's at and saying, you know what, I, I'm ready to take my ring off. And he boxed up all of her clothes and mm -hmm. things like that. And at the last couple, spoiler alert, mm -hmm. uh, sessions, uh, episodes, he brings it back out for her. Yeah. Let's go through this. Let's talk about mom. Let's right. talk about her special shoes that she mm -hmm. used to wear. Um, and he excused himself from Mm -hmm. that I think it was just her and then um her and Sean <laughs> and Sean <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And the, yep. messed up messed up messed, messed up, up. But, and also <laughs> right because Sean was the right person to be there because he yeah. didn't have an attachment mm -hmm. yeah. to her mom mm -hmm. and so he could honor being there ask questions yeah. prompt and hear the stories yep. that you know, Jimmy had heard already. He yeah. knew the connection to these specific mm -hmm. items. So I think he actually did a really great job at helping his daughter yeah. kind of start to move through um, and some I of that. And I cried. It was <laughs> that, that so made me cry. emotional. I think that's the one I watched in the airplane and just yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> it is, right? Like, and don't watch this show in an airplane. Not the last few episodes. Oh. If you have anything with grief, like loss, Yep. person in your life like yeah it's 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 hard like it's so like they did such a good job showing that that it's like oh my god it i just to the pit of my stomach kind of like and that's where i feel yeah. that you know like that connection with some of the things because of my personal loss mm -hmm. i know and i've mm -hmm. been in those shoes to yeah. be able to go nope that is my mom's sweatshirt yeah. that my dad was ready to pack up and give to goodwill and i was like what the uh-uh yeah. i'm gonna keep this until i'm ready to get rid of it mm -hmm. right and his attachment to that was i don't she had plenty yeah. of sweatshirts right but it, it wasn't that for me right and that's what jimmy does a really great job at of saying she needs alice needs mm -hmm. to talk about her yeah because i haven't been able to hear about her right um, up until now. Yeah. And so, yeah, everyone is going to have their own process. And I think that's, again, what I loved about those last couple episodes is that it started to honor mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, and even though Alice had been going to these quote unquote sessions Pseudo with Paul, sessions. <laughs> you know, she was still yeah. not in that spot mm -hmm. to get rid of the stuff, you know, and, and maybe never... It and is. never like, will might be. want to hold on to a lot of her mom's stuff. I know my girls not. have a lot of their dads. Like they'll keep whatever they're given of their dads. They'll yep. keep it. Yep. Um, As I fiddle with my ring on my yeah. on oh. my hand. Right. Right. Like we find ways to be able to stay connected mm -hmm. to the individual that represented the love that mm -hmm. we had. Right. So the ring on my hand is really my grandma's ring. Mm. Um and it's my mom's birthstone and my birthstone oh, wow. in it right and so being able to have this knowing that that is my attachment mm -hmm. every time i look down into it it reminds me of what mm -hmm. it is right and what it represents and that meaning making so her that la the last episode again spoiler alert that where she chooses to wear her mom's shoes mm -hmm. i was bawling my yep. eyes out bawling. because I knew what that represented mm -hmm. to her and even though it was painful for Jimmy to see and to mm -hmm. watch he honored and mm -hmm. knew how important that was to yeah. his daughter that was an amazing moment it like was could, beautiful he could be heartbroken to see her look like I mean she must have looked like spit an image of his wife yeah. to see her and have it go like just be like a knife yep and also be like okay that's what she needs yeah oof Mm -hmm. Gets me all choked up. Just uh -huh. thinking about it. It is. Moment. That's it's so like that's the power and the emotion yeah. that resides in grief, right? And so honoring that, and that, and that's why when I'm working with clients, it's it's such an honor to sit in that pain with them, um, because I one I resonate with that. Yeah. I know that feeling. I know how intense that can be, um, but I also know that we continue to grow from it. We can continue to have that, the pain that maybe this ring sometimes evokes, mm -hmm. the love 
is also there at the same time. Yeah. Um, and seeing clients on the other side of that and really fully accepting themselves as, and that the person that they lost is then still part of them, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, they just, they really capture that well. Yeah. That all the complexities of a grieving process and how it is different. I'm guessing that even though everyone doesn't need to go through all five of those stages to grieve, <laughs> what I'm hearing though is that maybe everyone does need opportunity to talk about that loss, that that mm. might be a critical component for yes. maybe everybody, safe to say. Yeah. That like you've got to be able to talk about it. You have to. You you just have to let yourself process it. Yeah. So that you because when we wall off stuff, that's where trauma happens, right? It's when we just try to wall it off and like we don't allow it to move past that initial emotional pain. Yep. Then we never get to move it into that integrated part wisdom growth. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it, part of us, if it just gets locked into that pain place. Yeah. Right? Like when I'm working with clients on it, there's many sessions that I actually don't even talk about their loved one. Mm. Um, or depending on the client, I'll honor saying, hey, we're going to talk about this today. Are you ready? And they get to have the right to say, nope, we're not talking about that today. Or yes, let's talk about that. Um, because like, obviously that's why they're coming in to see me, but everyone is at their own process. Yeah. Um, so with with Paul and his daughter, as we get ready to wrap up, I just want to touch on this because this is a yeah. different this is a separate thing. And and because they've got there, there's a grief of the past mm -hmm. and a grief of what's coming on the horizon there. Yeah. And I just wanted to get your take on how you understand what Paul is going through, because I have some I have some thoughts and, and feelings about Paul. And I know we got in a we had a little group chat with one of our colleagues who had also had a strong reaction, but very different from mine. Yeah. He had a very negative reaction to how Paul is handling his own, you know, diagnosis and, and his relationship with his daughter. But I'm wondering, what is your take on, like, what his daughter's going through, what he's going through, and how that's, how they're kind of, it's bringing up stuff from the past. Yeah. You know, I, I personally, like, from my personal humanistic side of me gets exactly what his daughter is trying to do, right? Like she, she has longed for yeah, right. that relationship. But and hasn't known how to say it. Exactly. And she's at that spot of, there's, there was an attachment built with her dad and life got in the way. Mm -hmm. And I think she actually does a, like, you don't see this and they don't film it, but I think she's done a pretty good job at like being okay with knowing that life got in the way and circumstances got in the way. Um, and knowing she that- she still resents him. She, there is. Resentment for, she feels like he always put his career over her. Over her, yeah. But I think she honors, I think her justification was really that it's because you were across the, the mm -hmm. you know, the states for me, right? Like, I can't remember exactly how far, it, yeah. cross states. Um, and she had never really been able to resolve any of that. Yeah. Um, and that is pretty deep in her, yeah. right? Like that little, little girl, I mean, you almost see like a little girl on her face when yeah. she's and talking to him about that stuff. part of her even reaction to some of the things that Paul from is attempting to do is saying, no, just give me, like my gut reaction is, no, I'm not moving with yeah, you. Into your guest house. I'm not, no <laughs> yeah. way. I'm yeah. an independent human yeah. and I've been functioning by myself. And, um, and he, like her reaction to that is very teenager-ish. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Like, exactly. fine, I'm done talking fine. to All you. All or nothing. You either do what I want or, yep. Exactly. I'm storming out. That was that little girl in her. Yeah. Right? Um, the and hurt little girl. The that, hurt girl. Yeah, right? And there needs to be some relationship mending. Um, and I think that's what Paul is actually trying to honor mm -hmm. before uprooting himself yeah. to go and live with her. Yep. Right? And so I think Paul, just as a human, needs to, he has to go through his own process 
because it was kind of like he didn't trust that his relationship was strong enough for mm -hmm. her to even suggest that. Yeah. And so I think it was very... And he wasn't ready to move to that stage of the end of his life either. He wasn't right. ready to give up his independence. And I mean, that represents a lot for him. Yeah. Sort of like for people who move into assisted living or, you know, whatever. Like it represents like, yeah. the, well, that's where I'm going to go to die then. You know, like, and that's, I think, a right. big step too that he was trying to figure out how to navigate for himself. He still had this practice. He still had a job. He still has a career and stuff. And then to, you know, moving in with her would be the end of all of that abruptly. Yeah. And I think that is his own grief, right? Yeah. Of recognizing of like, you see bits and pieces of his own grief in this, you know, terminal diagnosis, you know, yeah, maybe four, five years down the road, mm -hmm. but it's, it's going to be a series it, of losses until then. Yeah. Right. Like his, inability to drive yep. right like that's that first little taste yep. of him starting his process mm -hmm. and acceptance of this diagnosis um which i watched my dad go through and man it is hard to watch and i can yeah. only imagine what it's like to experience yeah little grieving like it's just grieving over and over and over and over and over again yeah and and how like just the toll it can take on a person and then also with the relationships and, and anyway, it's just, um, I'm, I'm excited, excited. I'm looking forward to seeing how that evolves for him in the yeah. next season because I also like, we just don't see stuff like that portrayed very often. No. The lumbar Harrison Ford, so <laughs> Which is I'm amazing. excited to see Harrison Ford tackle this. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's aging himself, right? Like he's yes. uh, such an amazing person to be, to be showing us that, so. Well, I'm being told that we need to wrap up for some I reason. I could probably talk for hours on this. <laughs> um, I could too. And you're like, this is the first one where I cried. I, I actually cried on this one. I don't know how I feel about that. I got you. But the <laughs> grief thing, like if that, like I said, that, that hits deep. And I, um, and mm -hmm. I mean, it, this is like, I can get choked up. It shows like you can be doing, rolling along in your life just fine. But that grief stuff can just get you out of left field. It's powerful. And, is powerful. So I just want to thank you so much Welcome. for coming on here. And um, yes. as always, like we could just keep going and going and going yes. about this. But I yeah. really, um, I really appreciate all the insight that you brought yeah. to the show today. Thank you for having me. All I right. loved it. I will have you back on again. Sounds so, good. Season two. Right. Season two. Exactly. We, we need to come back and talk about that. Wonderful. Right. Thank cool. you. This episode of When Therapists Watch TV was produced by Ellie Mental Health. Miranda Barker is the managing producer. Jesse Stenbroughton is the technical director. Our production team also includes Julia Galloway, Lucas Mooney, and Tu Pham. A special thanks to Lucas Fellini, Nick Seeger, and Mel Springer. I'm Dr. Terry Bly. Thanks for listening.